Welcome to the Everyday Sublime podcast, shedding light on yin yoga and meditation. I'm your host, Josh Summers. I'm a yin yoga and meditation teacher and trainer, as well as an acupuncturist. This podcast is intended to be an in-depth exploration of the intersections between yin yoga, Chinese medicine, and meditation. In this episode, I want to give you some high-level concepts about meditation. We'll be looking at and understanding the differences between yin and yang approaches to meditation. We'll be looking at how yang meditation is about focusing the mind and attaining certain outcomes, and how a yin approach to meditation is really about a receptive attitude towards the full spectrum of your experience. So let's get started. last lesson, we covered the basics of what meditation is, basically a form of mental training. And we also saw that there are two different approaches to meditation, what I'm calling a yin approach and a yang approach to meditation. So I'd like to look at and explore those approaches more closely. Yin and yang theory from Chinese medicine is a simple but useful tool for analyzing and understanding any experience. And we can apply this theory, yin and yang theory, to meditation itself to help better understand any style of meditation. But also we can use it to think about how we practice a style of meditation. So we can evaluate meditative styles based on whether or not the meditation style possesses yin or yang qualities. And in this analysis, that would include qualities related to how you approach the meditation in terms of what you do or don't do while you're meditating, and also qualities that are developed by the meditation itself. For instance, what is the result of the actual practice you're doing? But it's always important to remember that yin and yang are relative terms that simply describe relationships. Nothing in the world, or specifically in our bodies and minds, is inherently yin or inherently yang. Things are only relatively more yin or relatively more yang in relationship to something else. So when we analyze our mind, when we look at different mental qualities, yin qualities of mind tend to include traits like receptivity, allowance, yielding, tolerance, quiescence, reflection, passivity, and even a quality of non-manipulation. Yang qualities, however, tend to involve traits like doing, manipulating, directing, improving or achieving or controlling or just becoming something. Now from a Chinese medical perspective, both yin and yang qualities are essential. Neither is superior to the other. And the value in understanding the relationship between yin and yang qualities is in service of promoting balance and harmony between them. Now in general, society at large tends to favor and reward yang qualities of being. We receive bonuses, promotions, recognition, and praise for yang skills, doing, achieving, and creating. Our bosses like our ability to get things done, not our capacity for receptivity and stillness. For this reason, many of us might feel out of balance, enervated, or stressed out. Our yang side is being overly primed and pumped, 
and our yin side of being is under-acknowledged and undernourished. It's not that the yin qualities of mind are in any way better than yang qualities, just that the yin qualities of mind tend to be undervalued by the more dominant yang culture. And this is true in meditation styles as well. If we look at meditation in particular, a meditative approach that emphasizes receptivity and allowance in the mind would be classified as yin, whereas an approach that emphasized controlling and directing the mind would be classified as yang. Of course, any practice will have elements of both, but in analyzing these approaches, I'm talking about the main emphasis of the practice. Yin approaches tend to emphasize receptivity. Yang approaches tend to emphasize generating or directing your mind to do something. So let's look at a yang approach to meditation more closely before we compare it to a yin approach. Generally speaking, a yang approach to meditation would encourage you to do something with your mind's attention, i.e. you direct your mind in some way. It could be that you're told to focus on some feature of your experience, like your breath or the sensations of your hands or body. Or you might be told to rest your mind in a state of open awareness or to repeat a mantra or focus on an image or a candle. But there's something you're explicitly told to do. In all cases, even though the instructions point your mind towards different experiences, i.e. the breath or mantra or sensation, the energy behind the instructions is essentially saying the same thing. It's saying, dear meditator, focus your mind on this or do this with your mind's attention. In other words, there's a task that you are actively doing. And sometimes yang meditation is referred to as a structured meditation in that there's a structure and protocol you're meant to follow. There's a blueprint or map by which you manage your experience. When you find yourself distracted or in a state of distress or confused the structure of the yang approach to the meditation simply steps in with a remedy, a solution, and something to do. For example, in a yang practice where the instruction is to focus your attention on the breath, whenever you find yourself distracted from the breath, you're generally encouraged to recognize that your mind is not with the breath and to gently redirect your attention to the sensations of the breath again. And you do this over and over, again and again. Basically, when you're not with the breath, you should correct course and go back to your breath. And that's how a yang meditation often is practiced. There is a specific instruction to follow, and there's a directed doing within the meditation. It's clear-cut what to do. When you practice yang approaches to meditation, you don't have to worry about what to do with your experience. The yang meditation instruction makes the choices for you. For people who like structure, order, and clear-cut instructions, Yang meditation can be very, very appealing. But another way to evaluate what's going on in a yang meditation might be to look at the results that the practice generates. Often, but not always, yang styles of meditation have the explicit intention of producing states of calm, peace, serenity, love, compassion, and or quietude. All qualities that would normally be classified perhaps as yin traits the calm, peace, quiet, stillness. In other words, a yang approach to meditation can lead to a yin experience. And here we see just another example of the dynamic relationship between yin and yang qualities, where something yang can transform into something yin. For instance, a yang meditation technique, if successful, 
can transform into a yin experience of being, that is, of stillness and quietude. But notice I qualified that by saying, if successful. Because if you're not successful at yang meditation styles, they tend to leave you feeling disappointed and frustrated because you do not obtain the desired outcome. Unfortunately, I think that many meditators judge their meditation practice in this harsh light. They practice a yang meditation, such as focusing on their breath, and if they don't achieve the goals of the meditation, such as quietude and focus, they negatively judge themselves, thinking, I'm a bad meditator. By contrast to this, let's evaluate what a yin approach to meditation might look like. With a yin approach to meditation, rather than trying to direct your mind by focusing on your breath, you would simply emphasize developing yin qualities of mind, receptivity, allowance, reflection, and tolerance. In other words, instead of trying to control what your mind was focusing upon, you would emphasize being receptive towards the experience you are having. To be sure, and I just want to be clear, there is still going to be an element of yang in a yin-receptive approach to meditation. There is still something that is done and developed. With a yin approach, you are developing receptivity itself. Remember from the familiar Taiji yin-yang symbol that there is a seed of yang within the heart of yin. It's never only one or the other. In a yin approach to meditation, you would cultivate a very different way of being with the kinds of experiences you had while meditating. Rather than trying to control and manage those experiences, such as your thoughts and feelings, a yin approach encourages a gentle receptivity towards your current momentary experience. A common form of yin meditation is sometimes described as a letting be practice. In this style, the meditator doesn't try to control their mind or focus their mind on something specific. Rather, the meditator simply endeavors to let their experience be, or to let their experience unfold however it will. It sounds easy, but this approach actually is quite difficult. It asks our inner control freak to take a coffee break from their usual workaholic tendency. And in today's world, that's not such an easy thing to do. So while a yin approach to meditation is more open-ended in terms of what happens during a meditation sitting, a yin approach to meditation is also less specific about the outcomes and the results that it generates. This is a big difference between yin and yang approaches to meditation. What I mean by this is that sometimes in a yin approach to practice, you might find yourself going into very calm and peaceful states. But it's also entirely possible that you could find yourself exploring themes of conflict or pain in your life coming into your meditation. When your intention in meditation is to be receptive to all of your inner experience, you do open up the gate for unresolved issues, difficult memories, or even anxieties. Of course, you might be asking, why on earth would you want to become receptive to those experiences at all? And that's a good question. I'll aim to answer this question over the course of this series as we get more into the nuances of a yin approach to meditation, including why these somewhat negative outcomes or negative results or temporary negative results might actually be useful. But the general idea is this. First, by becoming more receptive to your inner life in a yin way, you can develop more understanding 
familiarity, wisdom, and compassion towards yourself. Second, by not managing your experience in a yang way, you actually get to know yourself more intimately and more thoroughly as you naturally are. You're not creating a contrived inner experience through a yang technique. Taken together, this direct self-knowledge, literally know thyself, the self-knowledge that you gain develops ways of being with yourself and others that I think will serve you more directly in your life. This approach will help imbue your life with more receptivity, tolerance, interest, and compassion. So having looked at the broad differences between a yang approach and a yin approach to meditation, this serves as a simple introduction to a yin approach to meditation. But as you might imagine, there's a lot more to it. And I'll be diving into the details and methodology of a yin approach to meditation more comprehensively in the next several lessons. Okay, I'll stop there for now. And in the next episode of the Everyday Sublime podcast, I'll be looking at the first of the four principles of a yin approach to meditation, namely, relaxing the mind. I look forward to sharing that with you with insights, as always, from my practice to yours. If you'd like to follow along with the Everyday Sublime podcast, please subscribe in iTunes, and I left a link for you in the show notes. Or you can subscribe directly on my site at joshsummers.net forward slash subscribe. Thanks so much for listening today, and I'll see you on the next episode.